Hey all, Jordan here. Just wanted to give a quick trigger warning for descriptions of animal abuse towards about minute 48 through minute 49. It's nothing super graphic, but I did want to warn for anyone who doesn't want to hear that type of thing. Thank you for checking out our show. And as always, I hope you enjoy our stories. Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we talk about creative writing and world building. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. Did you literally forget your only cue in the show? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I was just kind of like spacing off. I don't know what happened there. I was just like <laughs> staring at a wall. And then you're like, hello, my name is Jordan. I'm like, we're recording. Even Shoot, if I, I edit it out, it was only for like a second, but I completely could tell that you had no clue what I just said. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was We're just gone. not there for that. That, that was funny to watch. Just like you, just like, huh? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> ah, ah, God, we're recording. Even though Jordan just said, hey, are we recording now? <laughs> Anyways, well, I didn't stop my recording. It was I'm glad you time. didn't because I, I hate having to like search for when we do the, like the lineup thing. Anyways, Cody, how have you been doing and what have you been up to? Did doing really good. There's like two things I need to talk to you about. Ooh, okay. Two to three things two I need to, to talk things. to you about. Okay. Thing number one, this is quick. All right. We already talked about this last week. I finished Twilight. Yeah, I heard a little bit of you talking about it on um, Painfully Irrelevant or whatever uh, the other yeah. day. That book, again, not great. Not nearly as bad. Not nearly as bad as the movies. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what happened. Boy, those are a dumpster fire, and the books are not that bad by comparison. There are likable characters in the story. There's a couple of them. One or two likable characters. Boy, there is none except Charlie in the movie. I don't know if I said this to you or t- texted this in painfully irrelevant or talked to Trent about it. I don't know who I talked about, but like name one other than Lord of the Rings, name one book adaptation that's actually good. Oh, uh Cloud Atlas. See, but that's the book is actually bad. <laughs> The book isn't bad. It's not as good. We agree on this one. Yeah. yeah that's because the book is boring and like yeah. so pretentiously written. Yeah. The movie is so, way better. That than book the is book. so pretentious. I tried to read that. Like, I got more than halfway through. I'm like, nah, I I'm just going to. I'm just going to watch the movie again because that book is so pretentious. And just so watch the just movie boring. again. The movie is so good. And the, the book only, is. The only good parts of the book are the. Um, parts with the like the guy and his love like writing letters to his lover the 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 pianist oh yeah yeah, he is the only good part of that book i i do not disagree and i mean honestly he's one of the best parts about the movie too (laughs) yep that's very true because he's just a very good character jordan that movie i love it so much it's one of those you know i forget about it and then i remember how good it was the first time i watched cloud atlas like slightly problematic things that are in it I'm going to delete. We, we don't need to talk about it. That's a side characters thing that is not a this show thing. Exactly. So, Cody, what I'm going to do is do this. So, audience, we had a disagreement that I do not want to have the full four minutes of that in this show. So, it got cut. I am sorry. What we were saying is that Cloud Atlas movie was better than the book, et cetera, et cetera. But there are some issues that people have with it. Leaving it at that, Cody, we don't need to talk about it. So anyways, Cody, what else did you want to say about Twilight? Um, No, I didn't want to say anything else about Twilight. For the most part, that was like really all I had uh, on the Twilight thing. Um, 
No, but the other, uh, um, gosh, sorry. The other, so aside from finishing Twilight, um, I've been kind of on like a Nick Cage movie kick. Oh, jeez. And, um, Still? yeah. So, uh, there was another one that was really good. It was called, uh, Color Out of Space. It's like a Lovecraft, like modern adaptation of a Lovecraft story. Never it was really it. good. It was very simple. It had like four characters in it. There was like a little bit of creepy body horror, but mostly it was just Nick Cage screaming at the sky. You know, it was oh, very, yikes. it was very low. Um, I don't know if I say low budget. It was um, low scope. It was a very minimal movie, which I appreciate. I like any time you can do a horror movie with a small cast in a very limited location and just kind of make the most out of making that creepy and interesting. And I think they did a fantastic job of that. Okay. No, I'm looking at stills from this movie. It looks pretty cool, dude. No, it's it's good. It was really good. Um, I would say Mandy is better in that I was more into it, but I think that color out of space might be like quality wise, a better movie, but eh. Um, it was trying to be a little bit more, uh, hoity-toity if you will you know hoity-toity um and then the last thing is i got into kayaking recently i bought a kayak and went kayaking oh you actually you actually ended up getting the kayak because we have been talking off air about the kayak a lot so you actually did it super fun really good time i really enjoyed it um the place that i went is like a very small pond it's not super huge um but it (laughs) is a place where it's safe to to go kayaking with your son yeah it's a. It was really close to a creek, so I actually paddled up a creek for a while, which I've never done oh, wow. before. Up a uh, creek without a paddle. And, yeah, and that wasn't that terrible. You know, it was okay. Um, so it was overall like one of those things when you're like parenting and you have kids. It's kind of rare that like you come up with one of these experiences and then it works out. Usually it goes sideways <laughs> and something goes wrong and there's like meltdowns. And everyone gets mad. Fortunately, none of that happened. He was happy the whole time. We went for a not super long amount of time. We found a little island in the pond and got out and walked around. There were geese everywhere, and I found morel mushrooms, which was exciting. Oh, that's fun. You t- um, you pick them and take them with you? Oh, yeah, man. Okay, yeah. heck yeah, dude. Because that's exactly what you do when you see those mushrooms. Is you pick them, you take yes, them with you, you, do. you, you cook them. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, that's exactly what you do good. because they're great. I don't like them, I made myself- but I know other people do. <laughs> uh, they're good. Yeah, I made myself a... Uh, uh, like a mushroom pasta that was very Ooh, good. So it was okay. a good time. Yeah. That- uh, I think I'm going to go again this weekend with him and just like paddle around that pond again and probably go and see if there's more mushrooms because yeah. why not? Um, so so I, I have a question and like you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he is starting to get to the age where there's like going to be less meltdowns, right? Like he's starting to hit that age where there's like less. Graham? Real- yeah, Graham. <sighs> like, like number They're one. They're different now. Yeah. It's, um, they're more reasonable and you can see them coming a lot further off. Um, but he's also way more capable of doing whatever he wants and ignoring you. (laughs) So it's far more likely that you're like in the middle of a river and he's like, I want to leave. And then he just tries to jump out of the boat because he has no concept that that will go poorly for him. You do have a life jacket for him, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He was wearing a life jacket. And really, I will say this as like a how honest I'm being about safety is I wasn't wearing a life jacket. But and the pond, can, I don't care. You can swim, like, though. 
I can swim, and the pond was shallow enough that I could stand. I wasn't oh. super worried about it. Oh, okay. If you could stand. Going on a river. It. Yeah, absolutely. I should have been wearing a life Absolutely, <laughs> because that could end very badly for you. You can be yeah. dragged under by the undertow. That's the thing that happens. Yeah, that was the one where I was like, oh, this is where I should have a life vest on. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, this should be a life vest. Yeah. Also, okay. I don't want so, to hear a story like, about you drowning and having to find a new co-host for this podcast. And realistically, I don't, I don't, I think if I fell out in the river that I was in, I think if I fell out, I don't think I would drown. I think I'd be fine. But the, the trick would be if I fell out and like hit my head, I'm not confident I could get Graham back in a boat and also get myself back onto a boat <laughs> whilst oh, in that, a current. Do the Titanic of like holding onto the boat as you're like slowly like drifting away. Well, and it's warm too, so it's like I'm not going to freeze. You know, really the worst thing that would happen, it's a slow moving river too. It's not like rapids. Well, it can be. I was going to say, what rapids lot, are so. in Indiana? There can be. No, there's some. Um, not oh, now the old crazy, Indiana crazy rapids. rapids. But if you get a ton of rain, Absolutely, you will get white water some places oh. in, in Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, the, the flooding is like that. Um, when I used to boat with my dad, um, we <laughs> it was like February one time and there was a bunch of melt and like a huge amount of Indiana flooded. And the Kankakee River was like rapiding because of fields flooding into the river. So you would see like the banks were whitewatering <laughs> into the river and there was like branches yeah, that snapped it. off and everything. So it was crazy. And that was when my dad decided we should go boating. It was like February. It was 30 degrees outside. The launch was frozen. So we backed the trailer up on a sheet of ice, then just pushed the boat off the trailer. And it like, whoop, dropped into the river. We all pile in and we're going up the river and we found a boat. (laughs) It got washed away. So we pulled the boat out of a snag. And then me and my brother had a little boat for a while, which was fun. That was kind of fun. Um, Yeah, it was cool. (laughs) But anyways, so... Uh, once the rain drops down a little bit and it's like not so wet here, I think going on the river, maybe even by myself with Graham. So when I went, I went with a friend and that I was like me and Graham with a friend in another boat, totally fine going on the river. Me by myself going on the river, totally fine. Not worried about it. Me with just Graham on a river. I don't think I'm confident enough yet to do Yeah, because like if I flip over and something happens to me, my friend could you know, like come over and get Graham or like chase him down the river real quick and grab him. You know, fortunately, if you're moving with the current, you move pretty fast in a kayak. So, you know, it's fine. But it was a really good time. I, had a, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, so. On this nerd podcast, we talked about going outside. Isn't that a freaking unique thing that happened? <laughs> it's like, that's a thing that I don't think any other nerd world building podcast has ever done is talk about going outside and enjoying the world. <laughs> I'm an um was raised quite outdoorsy. So. I, no, I just think it's funny because it's like of all the things that we usually talk about, going outside and enjoying life is not one of them. <laughs> enjoying nature. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. Is it is nice to be like, oh, remember outside? Yeah. Oh, it's I great. I used to go on fifteen My mile bike rides fish. every day. I don't do that anymore because um, it's the same bike as the incident, so I don't like getting on that because it still locks up sometimes that I don't want to go flying over the handlebars again. So 15 mile bike. Yeah, oh, this, when you yeah, when uh, I broke my arm, yeah, your, it's the same bike. Yeah. So I don't like going on long extended bike rides because if that, I fall off it, then I'm not, I'm not safe. It's, did that what? Did that happen because of the bike? Or it happened. No, it happened because of the bike. The chain locked, 
Oh, it was the thing. It's like I the chain. The chain that. hat locked. I just assumed you hit. No, the something. chain hat locked before, but it was never like it was never like a full stop. And I wasn't going that fast, but it locked when I was going about fourteen miles per hour on a bike. It locked oh. and immediately locked up. The wheel stopped, and I went flying over the freaking um, uh, handlebars. Yeah, yeah. So and you know? it's the same bike, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we can't fix this. We need like this like special part that's going to take like weeks to get, and it's going to cost you a bunch." Of, like that's like half the worth of the bike. So guess I'm just guess I'm just oh, risking life every that. time I go on bike rides. That's uh in motorcycling. That's called a high side. I should just get a new bike. What you want to honestly avoid. just go like get something on on like Facebook Marketplace that's like ten dollars. <laughs> Yo. Anyways, so well, my thing. Mandy just got a bike oh. recently, so she could go for bike rides with our uh, with our youngest. We went oh yeah, on have one. like one of the little he things. Hated it. it. Yeah. yeah, he's got like a tiny little baby helmet that he doesn't want to wear, not. and like a baby. Well, because he's a baby, he doesn't want anything into. on his head. Yeah, he. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. He hated it. It's gonna take. He some absolutely doesn't to, want anything on his head. Hopefully, it works out. All right, so Cody, I got something that I actually want to talk to you about. What's so, that? so of things that I've been doing recently, other than going to concerts and then flying off to canada um i have <laughs> been reading yet another manga and um i want to tell you about this it's don't laugh at the title because i know you are but it's called dead dead demons ddd destruction <laughs> so it's by the same guy who wrote like one of my favorite mangas um just type in dead dead demons <laughs> yeah no it really popped yeah, up yeah, right just away. type in dead dead demons <laughs> um so it's by the same guy who wrote another one of my favorites called oyasumi pun pun which was the one the slice of life jordan what the frick is i will this? tell you in a second let me get that but it's the he wrote the other one that's the slice of life about like this kid growing up and like going through like terrible like depression mental health and like shows like his life and like all the things that happened through it and it's like very melancholic and dark story and one of like the harder things that i've ever had to read in my life but who are you sending a screenshot to because i could tell that's exactly what you're doing i'm just gonna send you a screenshot of what the first image i found of this yeah okay so dead dead um demons is about um these two high school girls it's a slice of life about these two high school girls and their friends and kind of like growing up and living their life but with the backdrop of this is actually after um, aliens have shown up on Earth and it's this mothership that's floating over to Tokyo and all of like the socio-political events happening through that. But the story, for the most part, doesn't focus on that. It focuses on the relationship and the friendship of these girls and their friends. And so it's like that reminds me of FLC. Yeah. And, and it's very reminiscent of especially um, fully coolly alternative where it is like all these weird things happening, but it's just following the lives of these girls. And it does it this thing really well. And it's like reminiscent of and I wasn't the same age as these people when it happened but it does remind me of the feel of the world um after 9-11 where it's like this huge yeah. event happened and it's like that's the start of the um 24 hour news cycle like there was like oh we're going we might be bombed there might be more terrorist attacks we're going to war all these crazy things happening but still like living a normal life and like yeah but then you still yeah, have that, to go that, to elementary that, i was in fourth grade still going to elementary school still like yeah. that year we still had christmas i still got like the things i wanted for christmas we still went on our skiing trip like in fourth grade like all these things still happen but with the backdrop of like oh this could be the end of the world soon, maybe. And like people talking, like having that thoughts, talking about like the government conspiracy, all these things. And you're hearing this in the backdrop while trying to live a normal life. And the thing that this manga does really well, especially in the first like part of it is, um, there will be like establishing shots and there will be like scenes of like them walking with like just captions 
like in the like thought bubbles, whatever of the news happening behind it. So you'll hear like the things that are going on in the world while witnessing a regular like day in life. And it's just like really, and it also reminds me of like the start of COVID too, where it's like, there was so much yeah, chaos like any of these big happening events. in the world yeah. and you still have to kind of live through it. And yeah, the, the, the story is like really good and like there was this huge like twist like i'm almost finished. it's only 100 chapters which is like on the shorter side for mangas like on the other hand like naruto was 700 bleach was like 600 something like um one piece is over a thousand but this is like just 100 chapters 120 page chapters and like it's i don't know it's just really well done and it does have like the sense of melancholy, especially when they get to like this certain arc that happens. No spoilers because I know someone might want to read this, but this thing that happens is like very like melancholic and has like this very dark feel to it. But at the same time, like all the characters are just so endearing and like you, it does a thing that very few animes like truly get to like where you do have a connection and a feel for characters. So when these things do happen, like you feel something and I can't say the same for anything that's really happened in like um, one piece. There's stuff that happened in Naruto. Yes. But like in bleach didn't really feel the same way and things like that. But like actually having like a well-written story around characters in this like setting, that is something we've kind of lived through before. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, it's real good. I would recommend it. No, I understand why that would, I understand why that would hit home in that way. That, yeah, yeah. You know, like that, that makes Yeah, like sense. having lived through two huge global events. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. And it just reminds me of like, all the times, like, I'm growing up where we have like projects and histories. Oh, yeah. Ask like your grandparents or parents, like, were they alive during this event? And like, what was the feeling? Like, what did they think? And stuff like that. And then, like, actually myself living through huge, like, huge historical events and like seeing the world morph. And then, like, because I remember like asking my grandparents and asking my parents about these things that would happen. And then be like, oh, yeah, it was like it was kind of a distant thing. We still had to, like, go to work. We still had to go to schools like we were thinking and praying about it and talking about it all the time. But we didn't let the world stop around us. Yeah, you just have to keep living. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like the world ends yeah. and then it doesn't. Yeah, yeah you just keep And that's the stuff. thing that happened in the story. And that's the thing that's like happened in my life. I still had to go to school. COVID, I still had to go to work every day. I, I yeah, yeah. I, mean, it, I don't know. They they declared my work an essential workplace. It really wasn't, but um, that was. I mean, I I had that. Yeah, there was like projects and stuff that I was working on that like I was working from home some of the time. But oh, there I was, was in like, the office every day, and people were not wearing masks in the middle of a pandemic and refusing to wear masks in the middle of a pandemic. Fortunately, like. I was a contractor, and at the time, the company I was contracting for took it very seriously, but, like, for a while, my project was put on hold, and then it wasn't because it was deemed necessary enough, you know, that it's like this will prevent deaths in some roundabout way, so you have to go back and finish this, yeah. you know? Well, yeah, no, and um, so I would recommend Dead Dead Demons. I might, if we ever do, rec- oh, yeah, I meant to talk to you about that other show idea, well, bonus episode idea. We'll talk but about yeah, that at the that end. Will, <laughs> after the show, but yeah, like... Yes, if we ever do a recommendation, this is definitely going to be on the list because it's very good. And, like, it's my type of melancholy. And this writer, like, his work, Oyasumi Pun Pun, the, sli- the depression slice of life one, like, was my kind of melancholy. And it's one of those things where, like, you have to be in a certain mood to read. But, like, it's my kind of melancholy. And I think this author understands what 
affects me emotionally because he has done two stories that like really were like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about these weeks later. But, yeah, I'm almost finished with it. I've got yeah. like probably 18 chapters left. Don't know how it's going to end. Because it's like one of those things where like so many things are happening. He weaves and forms the story so well that like it's getting less predictable. And I like that because I read a lot, read and watch and play a lot of stuff that is so predictable. And, and it's it is good to like be in a yeah. world that's not. Well, and especially within within that genre of like I guess I don't know. There's a there's a name for it, and I don't know don't it. Talk about slices live, but like the young boy oh, anime manga. Shogun, What's yeah. yeah? Like there's a lot of those that are like I read romance novels. It feels yeah. similar where it's like we have a cookie cutter, and then you go like eh, you turn it this way, and you stamp it, or you like you spray paint it red, then you stamp it. Well, you know what I mean? The it's thing. Like, like they're all like oh the boy who's not every romance novel is like that's that. a shonen. Every yeah. shonen. Yeah, and there's just a lot of those, and I mean. I like romance novels. It's not necessarily bad to be somewhat formulaic. Um, there's a there's a place for that, but it can, especially if you do a bunch of those back to back to back. Like you can just burn out on it eventually, and you have yeah, to do something like else. The, so I I get that desire for something more within a genre to yeah. like and 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 it's the break thing, some of the conventions, do something different. It's the thing because of like all of the oversaturation of like media these days. It's like I'm reading the same type of story over and over. And I want something that will surprise me. I want something that I will feel some sort of emotional connection to. I want something to like that to latch on to. And this this is kind of the, the yeah the one that I have, and I've really enjoyed it. So recommend it. I don't know how it ends. It's probably going to be sad. Anyways, Cody, shall we get to the show? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Um. So doing stories again. Oh, we got. Yeah, we got to roll dice. Doing stories. If so, if you haven't been listening, this is like first episode in a while that you're listening to, or like you're new to this podcast. We have been doing a story series where we've been writing stories. Like uh, both of us have picked a story that we want to write, and we've been writing it for a while, and um. I mean, I'm on like chapter 17 of my story. Cody's not that far because I've continued a story. He started a new one. So I'll say, um, I think it's go back to like episode 120 is when we started this whole thing. Oh, because that's when we like, that's when I did my yeah. separate. Yeah, the, the, the first, yeah, the first, that's when, yeah, oh, I'm story, just going to yeah. double check that. Um, story. Oh, episode 118 is when we started this. I should actually put that in the episode descriptions. But yeah, so we started... Well, I started my story on episode 118, and then Cody's story started on... Gosh darn. 134. So he's been doing this for six chapters. Okay. Uh, something like that. Anyways, Cody, did you roll? You're uh, probably going first. I did, yeah. but it's on a tab that is okay. now gone. I rolled an oh, 11. Oh, gosh, we have to roll again. I rolled an 11. We keep <laughs> doing this. I rolled another 11. Okay. <laughs> I rolled a seven. Okay, no, nope, no, nope, I'm first. rolling again. Cody, we're throwing it out. I all God, I rolled a 17. Never mind. Okay. I've gone first, so I need to stop. I just I want dice that only roll ones. Um, okay, so for those who aren't listening to this every like listening to this all in a row, um, last thing that happened on my story is that Nate and Danny, the two main characters of the story, who are monster well, sorry, superanap paranormal investigators they got a job to hunt down a monster they talked to a girl who was attacked by the monster and they headed to this old abandoned school where the monster it might 
B. So this is going to follow up with their investigating the school. And this is all part of chapter 17, Run. Why did I have to go first? Hmm. You, I mean, no, 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 that's fine. So it's, um, the thing is like, I, this is all one chapter. So I tried my best to like split this up into three parts. So I'm not reading for like an hour because uh, it's a 14 page long chapter. I usually read five page long chapters. So, um, I'm splitting this up in the five page section. So this kind of starts like in the middle, right where I left off. Okay. Nate started following the tracks with me following close behind. The tracks circled around the lobby as if they had been pacing and then headed deeper into the school. We saw some tracks head off down the hallway towards the stairs leading to the second floor. Instead, Nate followed the ones that led back into the school. They looked over their shoulder to me. Let's explore downstairs first, then we'll keep heading upwards. Be on alert though, just in case. We headed to the back of the school following the tracks while remaining mostly quiet. I was on high alert because at any moment our monster could jump out at us. I really didn't know what else, uh, sorry, I really didn't know what I would do if that were to happen. Would throwing a punch at this creature even have an effect? The school was as run down on the inside as it was on the outside. Most of the windows were busted open. There were only a few shards of glass standing up to denote that windows had previously been there. The walls around the place were in bad shape too. There were holes from vandalism as well as natural wear as nature had taken its course. The roof had been torn apart many storm seasons ago, so there was massive damage from water, wind, and snow through the spring and winter months. There were walls and corners covered in mold, and the paint had peeled from most surfaces. Vandals had given the walls a new coat, of, coat with graffiti of all sorts. My favorite being the letters in all red that covered the entrance to the gym saying, Welcome to Weston Hell. There was... Quite a bit of debris that we had to step over and move around as we walked through the halls. The final flooring was starting to lift off the ground and was cracked or torn in places. Some of the rooms still had furniture strewn about them, but most of it was worn down or destroyed. Probably tossed about by wandering kids wanting to destroy things without consequence. I could only imagine how fun it must have been to come here with a few friends and tear the place apart without a care in the world. As we headed further into the school and away from the openings of the windows that let the outside light pour in, Nate pulled out the flashlight on their phone to light the way. Unfortunately, the density of the monster foot tracks began to lighten until there was only one track leading to a dead end. No source, no monster. Instead, we found a wall with some black goo-filled scratch marks etched into it. Whatever this thing was looking for, it's not down here. Nate said quietly as they ran their hand against the claw marks. The scratch marks were in clusters of four, maintaining the similarities of a dog or wolf. I was slightly relieved because in my mind this meant there was still only one creature, despite the multitude of tracks. Looking closely at the scratches, I noticed that they weren't that deep, but they did break the surface. You mind taking some samples of this gunk? It looks a bit more fresh than the stuff outside. On it. I grabbed a test tube out of my back pocket and swabbed around the claw marks with one of the sample swabs. I think we should go upstairs. We might have better luck up there. Sounds about right. Hurry up and let's get going. Nate looked around behind us. They were shining their light back down the hall and examining the area. I closed the test tube and slid it into my back pocket. I mean, there's a lot of mold around here. You think this could be a colony of mold that gained some sort of hive mind sentience? 
Maybe a stray dog or a coyote wandered in here, and the mold took the form of the only living being it knew. I asked Nate as I started walking back down the hallway. Nate walked next to me and, and looked over at me. Not saying that didn't cross my mind. You might be onto something. I don't know. Wouldn't it make more sense for the thing to have taken the form of one of the many roving bands of teenager? Nate said pensively. If that's the theory, we don't know how quickly this goo would form or learn, I said back. I don't know. Based on similar anomalies, it could be minutes or weeks. There is no way to tell until we get back to the science division, Nate said back as they furrowed their brow. Should we go back and get one of the sensors to try to track the source? I asked. Nah, Nate brushed off the thought by waving their hand in the air and started leading the way back to the main lobby. If we get one of those, it will probably light up like a Christmas tree. The place is covered with goo. A sensor isn't going to help. That's what I thought. Oh well, up we go, I sighed. We traced our steps without issue and then headed down the main hallway to the staircase up to the second floor. The staircase was wide with the landing halfway up that revealed a brick wall with a mural painted over it. The bricks seemed to have been smashed with a sledgehammer and black paint splashed over parts of it, but you could still tell what the point of it was. It was a long line of cartoonish circle-headed triangle-bodied children of all different colors holding hands with their stick-figure arms. Vandals had drawn angry faces on the children and devil horns on a few. I heard Nate let out a classy under their breath as we approached the stairs. Again, the animal-shaped goo footprints were present and very dense as they went up and down the stairs. As we climbed the stairs, I noticed that the splashes over the mural that I thought were black paint were more of that viscous goo from our monster. How many more times can I say stairs in this paragraph? It definitely went this way, I said over to Nate as I looked over the vandalized painting. I was expecting uh, no shit in return, but I noticed Nate was looking down at the footprints with their brow furrowed again. Furrowed again. I can't tell if these footprints are getting bigger or if they are just the, are it. I can't tell if these footprints are getting bigger or if there are just that many of them. What is this thing's obsession with this school? Nate's confusion was potent. Don't know. I said back as I pushed further up the stairs. I didn't think we would get an answer without finding the source. We made it to the second floor, and the place was an utter mess, both due to vandalism and the monster. The hallway we were in was on the outside of the building, so it was brightly illuminated through the shattered windows and open frames. Glass and other debris littered the floor, and at the end of the hall, a door hung open with cleaning equipment strewn across the floor. I saw a shovel in an empty... I saw a shovel in an empty mop bucket tucked against the wall to the right. It was covered in rust and there were stains from standing water around where the bucket lay. It looked like more shenanigans of recent teen play, like they had been play fighting with the cleaning equipment and spilled over a bucket that had collected rainwater. I looked out the broken window at the top of the stairwell and saw Nate's car parked around the corner to the side of the building. The stairs continued up, but we moved to explore the floor first, knowing that there was another stairwell on the far side of the building. As we walked down the hall, it was obvious that the rooms were separated by grade. I could tell which ones were the 4th and 5th grade rooms, as they had the layout of your everyday classroom, with a chalkboard front and center, and the remnants of a teacher desk and cabinets. It seemed like there were a few classrooms for each grade at this point, and our monster wolf had entered each, walked in, knocked over a few things, scratched a few things, and then walked out. 
It was nothing different than the story we have seen all over the building so far. Nate poked their head into each doorway and shined the light around to keep and kept going. As we walked further into the building towards the lower grade classrooms, the footprint density of the creature was much thicker. It was the same case everywhere. The monster had moved into the room, tore a few things up, and then left. That was until we made it to the last branching hallway on the floor. On the walls of this hallway was a large mural of kids playing on a playground. I guessed this was the first grade or kindergarten hallway. All around the hall were splatters of the black goo and claw and paw marks. We made it to the first of the doors in this hallway. Looking down at the others, they all portrayed the same thing. The first door was nearly destroyed and barely hanging onto its hinges. It was tilted inward after what seemed like a lot of blunt force damage. Black goo smeared and splattered against the ground in harsh, vicious patterns. This might be it, Nate said as they pushed open the door and slowly moved into the room, hand on their stun baton. The door finally gave way and fell to the ground with a loud clatter. I jumped a little bit and moved into a stance of defense, as if that would help against a rabbit goo wolf. The room was completely destroyed, more so than the others we explored so far. Large claw marks covered the walls and floors, and the black goo dripped from the walls. It was... It was clear the monster had slammed its body and dragged it across the room. Even the ceiling had splatters of goo. What was left of furniture in the room was torn apart. Splinters of wood and twisted broken metal were scattered about. A wall chalkboard was smashed to pieces as its rubble was strewn across the floor while what remained barely clung to the wall. The walls at some point had been covered in paintings, but the creature had clawed them so much they were completely unrecognizable. Something about this room and this hallway had driven the creature into a berserker rage. Fuck. That thing went crazy in here. Good thing Jane wasn't around for this. That poor kid would have been torn to pieces, Nate said concerned. It sounded like a tad bit of fear was dripping into their voice. I noticed they were gripping the stun baton tightly. What is it about this room, though? I asked around, I asked, looking around more. Despite all of the damage, there was one thing I did notice. Nate, bad news, I said as I stepped further into the room to look at the damage. Goo dripped from the ceiling and made a slight splat noise as it hit the pools of black that covered the ground. Yeah, no source, they said after a pause and turned to leave the room. I followed, I followed, and as I made it to the hallway, they were already entering the next room. I followed them down the hall as they left that room and went to another, and then another. As I passed the rooms on my way down the, as I passed the rooms on my way down the hall, I noticed that each room was the same story as the last, completely destroyed, but no source of the goo. Finally, Nate made it to the last room and looked in. What the fuck? Why these rooms? Why the hell did it tear apart these rooms, but the other ones were lightly damaged? Nate said, almost yelling at this point. They threw up their hands in exasperation. None of this makes a lick of sense. Did we get it wrong? Was the source not in this building? Was the thing it was looking for here and that's why it kept coming back over and over again? I was completely lost in the situation. I don't know, I'm just as lost as you. Nate turned to look around. Look, let's check upstairs. There's still room in this building. They turned and moved towards the much smaller stairwell at the end of the hallway. I looked towards the ground and saw that the footsteps towards the stairwell were sparse. Nate rushed the stairs and again I followed. When we got there, I noticed that the third floor was the least damaged and by the minimal sets of black footprints, it was the least explored. 
shit, this isn't promising, I said to Nate as we both looked around the floor. The ceiling had completely collapsed in areas and left parts of this floor covered in mold and water damage. Despite the amount of mold, none of it looked like our black goo. The mold was all dark colors that were in speckled patterns or lived inside watermarks. None of it looked like it could be part of the creature. Let's split and look around. If you run into something, scream. If you don't, meet back here, Nate said before darting down the hallway. I turned and went my own way looking around. The third floor was more the same. Shattered windows, graffiti, damage throughout, and goo footprints. This time, there was the added bonus of a collapsed roof. Nothing here looked like the few black rooms downstairs. And again, there was nothing here that could po be the possible source of the creature. Finally, after going from room to room and finding nothing to return to, and finding nothing, I returned to the small staircase where Nate was already standing with a frustrated look on their face. Nothing. Absolutely nothing! Nate yelled out of frustration. There was nothing on my side either, I said back, shaking my head. There is nothing here that could create that thing, but it seems like it's been here a lot. That means it's coming here. It didn't originate here, which drives the mystery of why. What is so important? Yeah. What is so important about this place, and why the fuck did it tear those specific rooms apart and not everything else? Nate paced back and forth, taking a second to calm down. I don't know. We had a hunch to come here based on the evidence we were given. Turns out we were completely wrong. Though we did get some samples of the anomaly and got to see some interesting behavior patterns. I tried my best to reassure Nate that we didn't waste our time. I knew if there was one thing about this job that Nate hated, it was wasting time. They were a person of action and results, and I was more of the investigate and observe type. I know, I know, Nate said, shaking it off. You don't have to worry about me. It happens. I get it. Let's come up with the next step with a next step plan or else Eli will be pissed we didn't find anything. I personally don't like that thing running out running out there wild. Best case is probably only torn up some trees and animals. Worst case is gotten far enough away to attack more people. What do you think we should do? I said, throwing the lead over to Nate. I knew they also liked to take lead in most cases. Both Alistair and Eli considered Nate the senior operative and therefore the one in charge. Nate was the type that didn't like to let people down. They liked to seem as if they were tackling every job with the utmost care and confidence. I didn't want to let anybody down either, but I also knew my personality was one of support. Okay, we follow those tracks out into the woods until we find the source. It might take the same path to get here each time, so we could probably follow the densest of tracks out, Nate said, calming the frustration in her voice and bringing back their own confidence. We should probably take the full sample kit with us this time, so you'll have to take the lead in making sure we don't get ambushed. I was worried. I had no clue what this thing was, cap was really capable of. Sounds like a plan to me, Nate nodded in agreement before turning back to the small stairwell. Let's get the hell out of this place. I don't want to be here any longer than I have to be. Nate, what if there isn't a source? I said, posing a question I was almost afraid to ask. There has to be. That thing is spewing black goo everywhere and somehow maintaining the same size. At least from what we can tell from the tracks. It has to be going to something, or else it would have traveled further out rather than taking the same routes. Nate said. Their hypothesis reassured me, still something fell off about this whole adventure. We headed back down the steps with Nate taking the lead down with a quick light step onto the second floor. 
the back stairwell was degraded enough that we couldn't go all the way down to the first floor, so we had to cross back the way we came. We hit the second floor and walked back by the destroyed rooms and the dripping black goo. It worried me. When did all of this happen? Was Jane closer to death than we thought? Based on these rooms, the creature seemed much more vicious than previously thought. It felt like most of what we had assumed about this case was wrong. We were rounding the corner back into the main hallway when I stopped dead in my tracks. My brain barely had time to register what I was seeing before Nate grabbed me by the shirt and forcefully pulled me into the janitor's closet. They were careful to close the door quietly behind us. What was that? I said loudly, still trying to register what I had seen. Nate put their finger on my face and shushed me with a harsh exhale. Quietly, Nate whispered. That, my friend, was our monster wolf, only it was fucking supersized. I couldn't believe it. In the pictures that Jane showed us, the monster wolf was the size of a large dog, maybe three foot tall if not a little bit taller. What I thought I saw in the hallway was a hulking six or seven foot tall version of that same monster. It had changed a bit since that time, too. Its jaws were massive and agape, leaking that black goo all over the floor. Its eyes were like stained glass flames covering a large portion of its head. Around its face was a bulging mane of sticky black hair-like fibers. The mane looked like it had pulsating tumors moving under the surface. I only saw it for a split second or two before Nate pulled me into the closet. From what I could see, its massive paws looked like it, it could take off our heads in one swift swing. It grew so big, so fast, I shuddered. The thought of facing that thing again sent shivers down my spine. I didn't want to go back out there, but we had to get out of here. There is clearly a source, and that thing is feeding on it, Nate whispered back. We have to wait till he passes and make a run for it. Can't you stun baton it or shoot it with stun rounds to give us some time to get out? I desperately whispered. The stun baton won't be able to do anything about something that big. It would probably piss it off, and I absolutely don't want to be up close when that thing gets pissed off, Nate whispered harshly. I noticed that they were holding the handle of the door closed as if they didn't trust it to keep us safe. They were talking to me, but also looking under the door to make sure the wolf shadow wasn't right outside where we were hiding. I doubted that we moved in here unnoticed, but only time would tell. Okay, okay, let's wait it out. Maybe it will pass us quickly. I was trying to calm down with no success. I kept my voice down. It didn't want, I didn't want to give the monster a chance at hearing us if it was closing in. I noticed that I had started shaking. Despite it sounding like fun to hunt down a monster, I was truly terrified by getting caught by this thing. I got used to being on top of things during assignments that it totally flipped my world upside down knowing that we weren't in control of the situation. And that is the part I decided to end on. <laughs> I think that's a good cliffhanger ending. Thank I like you. that ending. I was kind of wondering yeah, right? what that was going to be, actually. Um, as I was listening to it, I was like... Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the up. whole thing about it. It's like, <laughs> it's very hard to wrap up in the middle of a chapter without, like, rewriting it. And I was like, eh, I think, yeah, I, think yeah. I can pull it off without rewriting it. So... No, I, I think that was a good way to end it. I liked that. Yeah, as I, it's just next week it's going to kick right back up with the last three pages. So No, honestly, like right now, what I'm enjoying about your story and what I don't know that I'm capturing in mind all that well, I'm trying to do this, is that it's not moving quickly, but it's moving forward. 
And I, I don't know, that's maybe a weird way to phrase it. I, I guess what I mean by that is it's yeah. not stagnating, but you're taking time to have your characters do their thing. Um, like, I think I told you this. I read a book series where my main complaint with it was it just moved way too fast because you never got to see the characters just doing their normal life. Yeah, it was like everything is like under duress. And specifically in that case, it was that all the relationships develop under duress. So you don't know how these characters behave when they're not under horrible stress. And I think that's a miss in the book. I would like it. I would like the book to be 200 pages longer yeah. and have some boring parts. Um, and I struggle with that. I struggle with slowing down and still having the story feel like it's moving forward. And I think you're doing a good job of that. I struggle with slowing down because like, I wanted it to be like, okay, they go here, they do this, they leave. And like, yeah, making it so like, and I, and also like, I think I struggled with like adding too much detail and like there's things when I read it out loud, I noticed that I should probably take out and change. I think I think we're on opposite ends of that. I think I don't put in enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are times when you can be long in the tooth, you know? Yeah. Um, which is not a bad thing. I it I think we're on opposite yeah, it needs extremes. To be in balance, of, yeah. Yeah, like I think we're both working towards a middle because <laughs> neither of us are there all the time. Well, like I said, this like part that I'm writing is longer than the entire first part of the story which was three separate arcs (laughs) well and you know like a point i think of what i'm talking about is like right i introduced a scary dog and you're like what what is it i'm like well i'm not gonna write that down yeah why would i yeah you don't need to know that detail it's a big scary dog well i wrote a scary dog and you're going to know exactly what it is in like a chapter that's what i'm saying this is the difference (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's like your your big scary dog is just a big scary dog my big scary dog has like a whole thing going with it Um, it might not be just a big scary yeah it's it's, um rachel's husband we talked about this last week it is just a dog though like it is not ever anything but a dog it's not a werewolf so yeah that does kind of (laughs) get get really effed up <laughs> it gets real effed up if i keep talking about it being a husband a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah little bit. that's little, okay real messed up anyways cody you got this the floor um, is all yours all right so the floor is all mine i want to start by just like a disclaimer first of all i want to start this, by saying the n-word <laughs> it's like oh god cody. there's a no <laughs> there's a little bit here that's pretty graphic keep in mind i am writing from the perspective of satan at the moment okay just is it graphic Keep to the that- point where I need to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode, or is it just like cartoonish graphicness? You know what? I'll read it. You decide if okay. you want to put a trigger yeah, warning at yeah, the beginning yeah, yeah. of the episode. What I'm going to say is this is a, a part of the story that is meant to be indicative of how awful Satan is. Jordan, we'll get through this little bit, and then we'll discuss it, all right? Okay. And then yeah, we can go. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I run another podcast where I constantly have to put a trigger warning because we do talk about like some triggering things and i just want to make sure it's like oh is this one of those cases this is gonna sound gross but to me this is in humor but i understand for some people it might not be yeah, so yeah, I'm just it's just topping off by saying that not saying this you shouldn't do email. it just saying that like different people respond to different things different right and that's why i'm saying this up front i don't want to say ex- I'll get, I'll read. So for you, I'm reading it without telling you what the content is. Yeah, and then you I'll, can go back and decide if you yeah. want to put a trigger warning at the beginning warning of what the content is. I'll let you be. The Absolutely, judge. sir. All right, let's um, do this. So this is an email from Harry at sin underscore city.com. CC Bert at sin underscore city.com. Foul excrement at sin underscore city.com. HR at sin underscore city.com. Beth 
at sin underscore city dot com. <laughs> hey, Herb, just wanted to follow up with you, buddy. Seems like you're having a rough time. Based on the grapevine, it sounds like a few things have happened. One, all of our late-gen Mecha Goat Hellspawn version 2.8s have been destroyed. Two, Liv, that little troublemaker, seems to have friends helping her. And three, you are not loving the cold, Herb. Well, I know it's hard. The weather on these field assignments can be rough. I'm a snowbird by nature. <laughs> LOL, always flying south for warm weather, beaches, and fruity drinks with the little umbrellas in them. Herb, when you are done, you really need to think about a vacay, buddy. Maybe to Orlando, Miami. Hell, go crazy. LA is fun, I've heard. But back to the point at hand. Herb, I'm disappointed, my guy. I thought the little matter of shorting you an arm would be enough to motivate you, but I guess not. But you know what? That's okay. That is my bad that I am not doing enough to motivate you. So here's the new deal. I'm going to use your arm to beat that little dog of yours to death. Just really bash its head in. You love that little dog, right? Well, I love Liv not being free from the city. Now, let me be perfectly clear here. Liv is an asset that I would prefer to have back in one piece dead is better than free but keep in mind little fido here might bear the brunt of my anger if you fuck this up guy find the bitch drag her back here otherwise herb i'm gonna fuck your dog up <laughs> then then come to that shit splat town and make a scene thanks for the great effort my guy harry P.S. What should I feed your dog before I bash its little brains out? So anyways, that's the part okay. where I don't know if you want to have I, a trigger warning for animal violence. I See, the, the thing is, I, 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 I don't know. I'll have to decide when we um, well, when I release the episode because, like, I think it's cartoonish enough and you didn't go into as much description. So I, I don't know. But I, I'll put, like, a little bit of violence towards animals. So I'll, I'll do that. I don't know. Yeah. But also, it is very it's funny. It's threatening someone. Yeah, it, it's very funny because you are a guy who doesn't really swear. So it's very funny to be me hearing you say fuck and bitch. It's just a very, very <laughs> funny juxtaposition of this guy that I've known for like almost 10 oh no over 10 years now n have not no need to be a swearer and to hear you drop words like that is very funny look my mom didn't raise me to speak like a satan but, but if yeah if you write a satan, a satan you gotta speak like a satan <laughs> okay. did i tell you the funny story about that because like yeah uh, pulling the curtain back on my real life i don't particularly no, swear no, he that doesn't. often he and rarely it isn't like swears. it isn't a judgmental thing i don't have any problem with it it's just at the age of 25 i had not gotten in the habit and it's weird to be like 25 and be like damn it i did it <laughs> so i just am not in the habit and it's weird for me to start as an adult but my mom asked me one time she was like you know cody i know you don't swear around me but you know i understand that you're an adult and maybe you speak differently around different people so you know i would be okay if i found out that you as an adult swear this is like my mom mm -hmm. like flustered trying to explain to me that she understands i might speak differently to other people than i do to her and i was like you know no honestly mom i don't really swear all that often it's just i'm not in the habit um so i i just don't and i'm like but mom if i did i would say the exact same thing to you and then she was like so do you swear very often then i'm like no but if i did i would lie <laughs>
and, and so the thing is, I, I described the audience. I said, like, Cody rarely swears. I will be a little bit more specific when I say that is I have only heard Cody swear once out of reading outside of reading a story or reading like a direct quote. I have only heard you say, damn it, like once ever. <laughs> well, I've probably said damn it more than once with not quoting or illustrating yeah, the fact just, that I don't say But yeah, just, just between me and you, it's like, you do not swear. So that's why it was so funny to hear you like say things like a little <laughs> bit more extreme. And it's like, oh, Cody. Oh, my God. Are you going to start blushing? Yeah, I'm going to start blaming the, fa- the church fan and blessing. Oh, my Lord. Do you need like a fainting couch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes, Cody, I do. That, that's what's going to add hits right. the story. So anyways, let's get this. Ready for the actual chat. Yes, yes, sir. This is from the perspective of Leonard. <clears throat> the radio scratches and screeches as I turn the knob on the illuminated face of my truck's radio. Eventually, I settle on some old gospel country music. Thankfully, it stops snowing, but I'm still cold. More and more, I find that a night of sleep doesn't seem to be all that necessary can't remember the last time i got one anyhow i'm contented to be tired and worn the heater in my truck belches dry acrid warmth out of the vents and i feel comfortable and at home i spent the night in the forest tracing liv's trail as far as i could some of it was good news some of it was bad news but mostly it was odd the kind of odd that makes me feel like my frozen hands and feet have not to do with the bitter winter cold and snow i found two more dead robotic goat things these were different they looked like they had been disassembled piece by piece like a gosh darn surgeon and mechanic had a field day then sprayed the whole lot with oil and blood smell was horrid sulfur over all of it rotting meat and then there was this something like melting plastic i knew Liv was deadly but she took these two things at once without breaking a sweat based on the tracks So what gives with her getting herself knocked out by just one? Then there's the good news. Found five sets of monster tracks, so we killed all the goats that I'm aware of. I was just feeling good, just feeling like I might head home, get some sleep, when I saw something that made my blood run cold. I found another set of human footprints. Not lives, not a goat's, someone else came into Bolivia, someone not invited or known, the same night, a demon and hellspawn monsters rolled up to town. I spent the rest of the night in the wood, cold and still, just pondering. Pondering why I'm still doing this. Why I got to have monsters tearing up my truck. Why is it on me to keep Liv safe or keep everyone safe from her? Why Nick had to get her why Nick had to get his claws into her. Nothing is making me do a single darn thing. Nothing is making me come out here. I could be retired. I barked a laugh when I thought of myself in Florida, sitting on the beach. Nah, the forest had me. And so did this town. So, how I... So, there is no so there. I just kept saying so. That is how I ended up not sleeping, and how I found myself frozen half to death in my truck, drinking up the heat, listening to soft, staticky gospel music, trundling away towards Roz's for another cup of coffee. As I pulled up, Nick leaned against the repugnant vehicle that he insisted on riding year-round even in the snow. The motorcycle looked like junk to me, but what do I know, old man that I am? His thin pale arms were bare, and he wore and you he wore only ripped up uh, tank top and black jeans. His impassive face held a smoldering cigarette as he watched me get out of my truck and lumber toward him. Good morning, Leonard. We need to discuss last night. 
Put on a jacket and put out the smoke. You know you can't light up near a building. Are you the police now, Leonard? Will you arrest me? Drag me to the jailhouse? I just stared. He might not get cold, but I could wait in any weather to spite Nick. The moment drug on and on. He stared and finally sighed. He held up a cigarette, blinked, and immediately the smoke stopped like it had been dunked in water. It was unnerving to see. He stowed the cigarette behind his ear and stared back at me. Well, what about last night? Did I hurt your feelings? Leonard, we both know that that's not the case. No, I spoke to my demon. You did what? Gosh darn it, Nick. Last time we nearly died, why would you invite that thing back? Every deal comes with a cost, you know that. So what did you, what'd you sell it? Is it coming back here? Shoot, Nick, I should have kept you out of this. Are you finished? I believe you are making a scene. Nick, I am in no mood for games. Well, then may I explain? Fine, sure. I talked to my demon. What I sold him is my business. He is what I learned. Since... Uh, wow, she is a demon of the city we knew. But she is low-ranking, not a mortal. She's a creature of malice. She is deadly. She was created by the devil in the city. The good news is that she doesn't seem to have some subordinate waiting to serve her. Probably she can't summon an army to come and destroy the town. But I'm guessing her devil noticed, and I'm guessing he will not let her go. Demons are a finite resource, and she was created for a reason. She's meant for something, Leonard. Hmm. Well, parse this for me then. She's not alone. We killed all the goats that chased her in. Well, shoot, she killed three of them herself, but only five came into town. But another person, or at least something that left human foot track, well, at least something that leaves human tracks came through the wood as well. Ah, the devil sent a messenger. There was a honk behind us, and I turned to see Rachel and Liv in her little compact car. Well, at least Rachel had not tried to sick the dog thing on her, and they had both lived through the night. They got out and walked towards us, slipping as they went on the iced over parking lot. I turned around to see a completely different person. Nick's dead face had been sculpted into a friendly grin. His lifeless eyes stretched and creased to give the impression of human joy. The mask was on and it made me shiver. Hello, ladies. Care to join us for breakfast? It's my treat as long as I can call it a date. Aw, oh, Nick. Are you sure? There's mm, there's no way you can afford to pay for both of us. Oh, I wouldn't dream of it. Obvious le obviously, Leonard will be taking the other one of you to breakfast. Well, dibs on Leonard, then. I can handle the tattoos and I can handle piercings, but combine that with the year-round cut-off band t-shirt and it's just too much. Oh, you break my heart, Rachel. Leonard, you are a lucky man. Wow, I'm not going to go on a breakfast date with any of you after how all of you have been acting. Lord have mercy, Nick, let's go. I pulled the door open and walked into the diner, hungry and in desperate need of coffee. If I was going to have to deal with Nick's garbage... It felt odd as I piled around a cramped four-top table. It had been a while since I had eaten breakfast with anyone other than Red the Rat Lord, and he usually mumbled into his pocket, a pocket which he swore to me did not hold his favorite rat Rufus. What's with the party, Leonard? It's a double date, Roz. Care to join? I'm sure we could snuggle up and make room. He winked and, ro he winked and grinned at Roz. Her face split into a warm smile, and she beamed... At the long-haired, soulless metalhead like he was a favorite nephew. 
Can't hun, someone's gotta work around here. Oh, your name's on the building, Roz. You should be able to take a break. But if I can't convince you, I'll just have a hot green tea. How about you, old man, ladies? The rest of us ordered coffee like self-respecting adults should. Well, I assume nothing exciting happened last night. Rachel tried to tase me. I'll join the club. Rachel's trigger happy, we all know it. It's the talk of the town. Rachel sat completely impassive and calm, and I felt myself about to snap. What did people do these days to handle stress? Count or something? I should start counting. Count to ten. That is what I've heard people do when their friends try to tase their other friends while they're being attacked by demons. I think I exercised proper restraint when I did not tase her. Instead, we got burritos and watched Bake Off. And I've decided that I hate Bake Off. And we decided that we would alternate TV choices and not make passive threats during the signature baked desserts. Oh, I love Baker. Which season? Was Mary Berry still there? Lord, help me. What are we talking about? We are talking about the worst show on TV I have ever seen. You've only seen one show! Yeah, and somehow it's in last place. Here's your coffee and tea. Oh, Lord Roz, you're a savior. I don't remember much, but I'm pretty sure I've always liked coffee. Well, Roz here makes the best coffee and tea in town, isn't that right, Roz? Oh, stop it, you're too much. Roz, can you give us a minute? We'll be ready to order in just a bit. She nodded. She nodded and left us be. Now look here, I know that all of you think this is fun and games, but we have to get serious, okay? I tracked those creatures, we've killed all of them for now, but live someone else, some other person, or heaven forbid, another demon followed you in here. I'm gonna assume they're still here, so if we can hold off on bake-off discussions, that's what I would like to talk about. Well, I obviously don't know who he is. I assumed that live, but... That is the first item we need to handle. I assume that, Liv, but the first item that we need to handle is getting you remembering who you are, or figuring out how to get you remembering, because we can't just keep killing demons as they come. Oh, speaking of, I just want you to know I'm happy to keep an eye out and keep killing demons as they come. Except, of course, Liv, you seem lovely. Right, well, I, I was thinking of taking her to see Mary Lou. Leonard, she's a fraud! Oh no, she's a dear. Just different. You shouldn't judge people. Oh, you should judge people less, Rachel. Oh, come on. I can't handle the suspense. Who the hell is Mary Lou? Uh, she's a fortune teller. Kinda. Leonard, she is a dead woman! Fine. She used to be a fortune teller. That is the end of chapter <laughs> I like. I like the way you end it with this, like, oh, hey, here's a new character. Um, I'm gonna introduce them. In a normal way, and then I'm gonna have the hook of what's actually up. Like when you introduced Nick, it was like, oh yeah, he has like long hair, tattoos, all this. Oh, and by the way, he sold a soul. And then with this, it's like, oh yeah, she's a fortune teller fraud. And oh, she's dead. And so I, I'm very excited to see what next week um, holds because I do like what you do. With Here's characters. the problem. Uh, I'm really gonna struggle not to just absolutely make her the little old lady. From yeah, I, I was about to say. I have a feeling it's gonna be. In by the exorcist, you mean not. poltergeist. It, she needs to be 
Yes, yes. I, she needs to not be the little old lady from Poltergeist. But I was like, well, what voice well, could I do for her? I'm like, I could see. do a tiny little old lady. There's accent. a presence like, in nope. this house. <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, my gosh. Jordan, but, I can't. She's my favorite. She's one of my favorite. She's one of the I've best things in a horror movie ever. She honestly really makes She walked in and I got mad at you. Because I was like, why didn't Jordan I told you that Poltergeist is one of my favorite uh, horror movies and you just need the experience for yourself. And then you watched it and were like, okay, yeah, no, I see he wasn't kidding. <laughs> she looks like a North Korean dictator and talks like Foghorn Leghorn. And you didn't tell me that she was in the movie. <laughs> Dude, the movie is wild. It's so good. And like, there is an actual like, good horror moments. And then there's comedy with that like lady. Like, she's funny. She's, she's a good funny. character though like the thing is she is funny but she also is like she never breaks she like she like never looks at the camera and winks she is like a confident tiny little old lady with a southern accent that is it like a whatever like a fortune teller or mentalist or whatever medium fortune that's teller, what mentalist for. medium i don't know she's one of them things and i don't you know pick your charlatan you know <laughs> <laughs> that's my new fighting game choose your charlatan dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that should be that should be the name Dude, of the episode man you are having like some solid bingers for episodes names like we've done the last few like after things you've said choose your charlatan dun, 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 dun. mortal combat my charlatan would definitely be like a, a dating coach oh, that's geez. my charlatan that or a like a uh, uh, Bitcoin bro. Yeah, I was gonna sort. say I was gonna say something doing <laughs> with like get rich quick scheme things like oh yeah you can be yeah, you become a millionaire bro. in just these three easy steps. I, I was definitely thinking that's that's my charlatan is that guy. So, anyways, I just want to say too at the end of this episode, I like dogs. I've never tried to kill a dog. Um, I, the worst I've done is roughhouse yeah, with the dog. Yeah, you say that, but <laughs> so I do good. remember that time when you did chase after a dog with a katana. So, like, <laughs> that, that, was a, that was that was a <laughs> weird weekend. Happen? I was like, hey, Cody, you want to, like, go to the dog park with me? It's like, yeah, here, let me bring my samurai sword. I'm like, Cody, no! Do you want to know how I know that that story is fake? <laughs> the one reason I know that story is fake, I've never heard a samurai sword. <laughs> not the fact that you've never chased after a dog with a weapon it's that you it's, i didn't say that, that i said i've never owned a samurai sword not the like the story is fake because i haven't had a samurai sword not that i've never chased after an animal with a weapon i feel like that should have been how you do the story is, fake, just, is that you've never tried to harm a dog with the sword so i've never I've never owned a samurai sword is what I'm saying. You've never chased after a dog with a weapon. Can you just say that once, please, for me? For me, can you say it? Well, I don't own a samurai <laughs> Can you say sword, you've though? never chased after a dog with a weapon? Just say those words and we get into this episode. Can you define weapon and define chase? Move quickly after a dog was getting tried to get away with you and anything that could be used to harm that dog. Specifically, specifically well, with I mean, the purpose of harming that dog. How about that, Cody? Well, I mean, look, my fists could harm a dog, and I've chased a dog before. Cody, so, just please absolve you know, yourself of people accusing us of being animal herders. Animal hurt, herders? Hurt, well, I've herded I, animals before. We're I, ending the show, Cody. Do you have any plugs <laughs> other than your dog-killing business? Check me out 
at the Wandering Gamer Network, where we don't abuse dogs, <laughs> and also on Twitch at Wandering underscore Gamer, where we also don't <laughs> abuse dogs. It was funny he didn't say the same for Twitch, and also on Twitch. I was like, wait, so you abuse dogs on Twitch? Not telling. Look, I can't speak for Caitlin. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so now we're throwing Caitlin under the bus. Jeez, oh man, we're getting in trouble for this. She's she doesn't like okay. dogs. Don't much. say Neither that. Does don't son, say so. any of this. <laughs> We're putting a trigger warning on the episode. <laughs> trigger warning, Cody. Makes Co- Cody is dogs. a horrible person. Trigger warning. What's really going to be bad is in the third interlude where you find out if uh, Harry has actually killed the dog. Jeez, or not. Cody, stop talking. Stop talking, please. I'm waiting for so you, you to can, end the you episode. You can catch me at something I zero zero at twitch.tv where I do um a show every Wednesday about anime. This last, the most recent episode that we did was talking about um just the genre of sci-fi and anime, and mostly talking about how sci-fi used to be like a hopeful genre, and now it's just filled with depression because we realize that the world around us is falling apart. So hopes for the future are very low. So if you want to see me be at my like most depressed, watch We Belong, the anime podcast. Um, but also you can check me out at my other podcast, Side Characters, in which we talk about diversity in their culture. We're on hiatus right now for the time being, but we will be back when um, Leah gets back from her wonderful Japan trip. And then lastly, you can check me out at um, twitch.tv forward slash flom, P-H-L-O-O-E-M, where I do the um, stream chaos fiction theater in which we talk about the well which we read the worst of the worst of the worst fan fictions ever we are currently reading a twilight fan fiction which is reminiscent of the my immortal fan fiction um so check that out it's a it's a horror show and then oh another lastly you can check me out at um twitch.tv forward slash kyle cop um on occasional fridays in which i do a talk show with him and a couple of other friends so enjoy those things that is all my plugs. I do way too much. Thank you for listening to the show, Cody. Do you have anything else to add other than like really horrible jokes about hurting animals? I like my dog. Yes. I have a corgi named Bombadil. He's 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 actually a jerk. He's really mean to my kids, but I, I don't. I'm very nice to my dog. Oh well, he loves me. I do love mommy. He likes adults. Yeah, he just doesn't like my kids. He gets he gets lots of tummy rubs and snuggles. He's he's a very well taken care of dog. So the only time I've ever seen Bombadil like in distress ever was actually during this show, during the cute episode we did with Diana, and you did like this <laughs> high pitched, like really jarring voice, yeah. and he was not happy. He was like trying to get out of the room because the voice upset. That's the, the voice thing upset I've him so much. Was you I did that voice? He's like yeah. tried to get out of the room. You're like, okay, fine, you can leave, and you let him out. See, Cody is a good dog owner. Gotta stress that. When there's thunderstorms, he wakes us up and we'll let him get into bed with us and he Aww. snuggles. Yeah, he's a very, very cute corgi. Anyways, Cody's not mean to animal. I just need to stress that once again. Cody, as always, what can they do after the show? I've uh, dubbed it to you twice in a row. Well, I'm probably going to drink some tea. Okay, well, they can catch us on the flip side. Anyways, Cody, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye. 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 <laughs>